Hello and welcome to Sportay. As always, I'm your host who puts the Tay in Sportay, Taylor. Today, I'm joined in the studio by St Kilda's Dan Hannabury. Dan Hannabury previously played for the Sydney Swans for 10 seasons before moving to St Kilda at the end of the 2018 season. He's a premiership player and a three-time All-Australian. Just to name a few of the awards he's received throughout his career, Dan, welcome to the studio and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tay. Thanks for the introduction too. Yeah, that's right. You came in on crutches. I felt a little bit bad um, with the trek to the studio. No, it's good to remember when I used to be able to get a kick. It's um, it's good. <laughs> but before we get into it, can you just just tell us three facts about yourself that we probably don't know. Ooh, three facts about myself I probably, you probably wouldn't know. Um, I put you on the spot here, haven't I? That's okay. Um, I used to take triathlon really seriously when I was growing up, so about 14 to 17. I nearly got to a point where I chose that over, over football, so pretty random. I used to enjoy my cricket, but then I started doing that. Um, I really enjoy playing poker, so I know you've had uh, Dan Hashim on the show here, so I uh, enjoyed that episode. Well, from the sounds of it, you love all sports, so let's move on. It was a huge introduction, like you've had an incredible AFL career. How your football changed within those what 10 years yeah it's been a pretty uh pretty crazy journey it's gone very quickly i remember when a guy by the name of craig bolton who was uh, the swans captain and even brett kirk would say you know really cherish and remember um the years you play because they go really quickly at the time i was 17 i think and still going into year 12 when they said that and um i'm thinking yeah whatever guys like i'm a long way off 28 29 and here i am now and it's it's gone really quickly and absolutely love my time at the swans and you know, to be able to play in three grand finals and win one was was unbelievable and certainly at a young age as well. But um, yeah, the move to St Kilda, it's been really challenging, but um, in terms of you know, individually and as, as a team last year, we had a rough year, but I'm really, really excited by, I guess, what the future holds. So what made you move over to St Kilda at the end of last year, given um, that you've had a decade at yeah. the Swans and you've been so successful? Yeah, it wasn't a decision that I took that lightly. It was actually um, something I stewed over for a little while. And at the end of it, I think both the Swans and myself, we probably agreed it was a probably mutual thing and something that I probably drove in a sense that getting back to Melbourne, a bit of a change, probably a bit stale there, you know, get back around family and friends. And the other part of it was I actually watched a fair bit of St Kilda that year and I was really buoyed by, I guess, the young group coming through. And even this year, we've still got a lot of young guys that are coming through and that have played a bit of free last year. So it's a really exciting time to, to be at St Kilda. You moved over when you were 18, 19, over to Sydney. Do you miss it? I do a little bit. I mean, this spring period in Sydney at the moment is some of the best weather you'll get all year. It's sort of roughly 26 to 30 nearly every day and nice. Um, check the weather this morning and <laughs> compared it to Melbourne's 13 and rainy. So you miss that part of it. And I used to live pretty close to the North Bondi, so I used to love heading down there. But certainly I love different elements of Melbourne too. So I certainly think it, so they guess, cancel each other out. And um, I've really enjoyed my time the last, oh, I guess, 12 months back down home. And you were in the red and white for so long. What were you feeling when you first put red, white and black on? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a bizarre feeling. Uh, I remember my first game at Marvel this year. It was later in the year. I had a pretty rough start to the year with some injuries and took me and the physio staff a lot longer than we expected just to kind of work out what we needed to do um, to get myself out there. But yeah, to pull it on was a weird feeling, but it was, a, it was a pretty emotional day, actually. I remember just taking a photo of the locker and sending it to my family before the game, about two and a half hours before. And yeah, it just felt like a bit of a new journey. And, and um I just remember it being a really exciting time. We didn't get the win, unfortunately, but lucky enough to get one later in the year. Was it good moving back home where you grew up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love mum and dad. 
I mean, absolutely love them to death. They've been an incredible support for me. But certainly after, I stayed with them for about, oh, I reckon it would have been two to three months just to work out where I was going to live. And after about six or seven weeks, I was just starting to get a little bit edgy and, and really wanted to get out of their um, their place. So as much as I love mum's cooking and, and the comforts of mum and dad, I, I was very happy to find my place after that. <laughs> so you've got your place now? Yeah, all sorted now. That's a good. big step. Yeah. But let's talk about the premiership that you won in 2012. How's that feeling? Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. I was only 21, and um, I remember the game was a like exhausting game. And by the end of that last quarter, I was speaking to a few of the guys. Actually, recently, I just remember how absolutely cooked we were. And when that final siren went, it's almost like you get this injection of adrenaline and energy that you sort of never felt before, and this feeling of elation. And and certainly, actually, horse horse um, John Longmire, um, my coach for 10 years there, would always say. You know, if you could take a little swig out of the bottle of what that feeling is like, you'd be wrapped. But unfortunately, that's not the case. But when you do taste that success, it does certainly make you want to get there again because as those Richmond guys would know, it's it's an unbelievable feeling. It would be. I'm jealous. But <laughs> I do remember watching that final on TV in 2012. Yeah. And, like, the adrenaline, the momentum. Because you guys were trailing, what, the whole game. And then you ended up kicking those last four goals. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy game. I think we were up early in that first half. And then that third quarter, sort of start of the fourth, Hawks really took over. And um, actually, Bud sort of kicked a couple of massive goals and got them going. And you won by 10 points. Yeah, I think <gasps> Isaac Smith kicked one. And then I think it was... Yeah, a few of us were able to kick a couple of goals, Kieran Jack and then um, and then Goodsy kicked the sealer. So, uh, yeah, I remember that last quarter pretty pretty well. I watched it a few times and, yeah, it was unbelievable. How did you go the next few years considering you didn't have that premiership success? The next year we had some we had a lot of injuries. Um, we were very unlucky with some injuries and we got to the prelim against Frio and we got smashed by them over at Subi and, and that's probably one of the most intimidating crowds that I've played under, the Fremantle crowd. That, that night was incredible. The, the, um, the crowd was going crazy and... We weren't, weren't good enough, and then the next year we made the granny and, and got, got absolutely uh, thrashed by Hawthorne. They were too good for us on the day. And the one that hurt the most is probably 2016, where we lost to the Bulldogs by oh, a couple of goals in the end, but it was pretty much even for the majority of that last quarter. And, yeah, there's a few guys that were down on performance on the day, and I think that's probably what hurts the most is that, yeah, I think looking back, yeah, there's a few of us that wish we could have that sort of last last quarter or last half again because to get that close and miss out is pretty, uh, pretty devastating. But not many people can say they've won a premiership. No, that's so. right. You can't, you can't get selfish. I mean, there are champions of the game. I mean, Robert Harvey, Nick Rewalt, Matty Richardson, guys like that who have just done absolutely a mountain of, I guess, uh, work and you know for the game and, and for them to not to win one. So you sort of got to be pretty humble in that respect. But I think when you... When you do get close in, in in any aspect to a grand final, you sort of you look back and, and you wish what if. But yeah, you're right. I've got to be uh, got to be happy with mine so far. In your career, you've played over 200 games. That's a feat that not many players achieve. What were you feeling going into your 200th game? Yeah, it was. It came up pretty quickly. Uh, my first 200 came up really quickly, actually, for for Swans. Um, and I've I've sort of pretty I've stagnated from there since then, actually. So I think you're on 213. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'm stag- I'll stagnate a little bit, but I've had a bit of. Um, some poor luck with some some injuries, but yeah, it was, it was pretty it was pretty crazy. It was something I was pretty proud about. But I think at the time, certainly a lot of players would, would agree that you're so focused on you know getting the result for the team, playing your role like that, all that sort of boring jargon um, that we all say. But it, it is a reality. You've got to just keep it simple. And I think if you get too caught up in the emotion of the 200th game, you know, or a teammate's milestone, you can take it can take your focus off what's really important, um, which is you know executing your role or executing the team's role. So that's what I sort of did going into it, and then after it 
celebrated with family and friends and, and, and leave we, it to it was, the locker room. <laughs> and it was pretty cool. So well, let's talk about this year. So you were the Saints' most valued recruit. However, you've had a bit of a nightmare of a year. You've been struck with quite a few injuries. Yep. What has it been like sitting out most of the year, especially because it's your first year at the St Kilda Football Club? Yeah, it's been a pretty shit year. It was a pretty shit year, actually. Uh, it wasn't my best, that's for sure. There's certainly a lot of people out there that wanted to let me know about it, which is fair enough, too, I guess, when you're an established player and, and you come down as a high-profile recruit, so they say, so they report. Uh, you've got, you know, there, there comes a, an element of that you have to perform, and, and I knew that, and I think... um. Yeah, I think the reality was was that I didn't quite get my body right. And we sort of, I mean, I also probably mucked a few things up with probably training too hard too soon and little things like that, which we're sort of on top of now and some certain soft tissue things that I think we've got um, under control, touch wood. But yeah, it was challenging. Uh, I only played five games and, you know, just couldn't quite get the, um, the soft tissue sort of part of my body right, which was frustrating. Um, I had some really sort of sore sort of osteitis pubis groins for a couple of years, which really hampered me. And I thought it was going to, I guess derail the back end of my career, but I was, I've been able to get on top of them and they're as good as they've ever been. So that's been a real positive. Now it's about just making sure we maintain and keep the soft tissues right because five games, uh, reality is that's um, yeah, it's a pretty poor effort and I'm looking forward to hopefully um, repaying, I guess, the faith that um, the club put in me this year and, and trying to, um, I guess, win, win, uh, win the support of the, of the Saints supporters. So I know you briefly mentioned that you got criticised given that it was your first year, you've been injured quite a bit. Do you feel a little bit frustrated that you haven't been able to play much and show your new coaches, your teammates and the fans of St Kilda Football Club your great football ability? Yeah, well, it's been, it's, it's, that's probably the most frustrating thing. I think when you go to a new club, all you want to do is just win the respect, most importantly, of your teammates, the coaches, the fans, you know, your family and friends. That, they're, they're, they're all they're, they're all really matters, I guess. And, um, yeah, to not be able to, to do that, that was the most frustrating thing, um, especially when you move down. But the support that I got from all like the, the older players, senior guys, even the, some of the young guys were, were always um, were always great during the week. And you know Brett Ratton, who's our coach, now he's been unbelievable the whole way through, even as an assistant coach. So I think internally they were very supportive and dealt with it really well. Maybe didn't maybe feel as bad, but I think I, I think I knew I think myself I was probably my hardest harshest critic in a sense that I knew I was letting the team. I felt like I was letting the team down in a sense that you know they needed senior players out there. And you know, players were able to help the young guys um, throughout the season. So I think I sort of was just really disappointed in myself. But a lot of the times you can't control that. And yeah, I was able to get on top of it. Luckily, at the end of the year, and, and play some decent footy in the back end. Yeah, well, your record is pretty solid. You've averaged and played at least 15 games in every season, except obviously this season and your debut season when you played the last seven matches whilst completing Year 12. <laughs> That's a great feat. Yeah, I couldn't even cool. do Year 12 just <laughs> as it was. I struggled. But I know you, you briefly said it, but how hard was it dealing like mentally with it? I think the first, oh, what was it, eight, nine years of my career, um, certainly the first five or six, when you're young, you don't really think about much. You just go out there, you play, you recover, you train, you do the same thing over and over and, and you just love being out there. And I still love playing footy, but certainly the last two or three years have probably been the most challenging years I've had in my life, probably to date, mentally. Um, not just with footy stuff, but some off-field stuff. And, and um, yeah, it's been been challenging time, but I think that, that these have been the times where I think I've sort of certainly learned a fair bit Certainly, I think every player goes through it at some point, like whether it be through injury or family issues or whatever it might be. But um, yeah, certainly my, mine's been a prolonged period where I've sort of struggled a fair bit mentally, which is which hasn't been made the whole part easy. But yeah, it's certainly been an area where it's hot, really you know, well documented with amongst AFL and and certainly the whole sporting landscape. But um, yeah, I'm certainly not, um, I guess not a stranger to the whole mental health type of thing. So I guess yeah, it's certainly it certainly teaches a few lessons. And I think right now at the moment I'm in a pretty good place, and it's one of those things where you need to keep keep um keeping check in a sense but 
Yeah, it's, I guess the, the times where I struggle the most, I think that's the most important part where you, you, you stick to your family and friends and you give yourself good perspective. Because sometimes when you're a footballer, um, you tend to just identify yourself as purely a footballer and that's it. And, and when that gets taken away from you, you sort of feel like, oh, what am I What am I doing? I've sort of, you know, I've lost any you know, worth, I guess, so, so to speak. So I guess that's why it's really important now for young guys coming through. And I mean, it's harped on week, year in, year out, but that sort of work-life balance, guys studying, doing work experience, having other parts of your life that are, I guess, fulfilling, that when footy does get taken away from you, that's why I think, I mean, I'm certainly one of those persons that has struggled when it was taken away via injury, but I guess that's why guys can struggle when they're injured or, or certainly um, when they're uh, not playing well or, or they retire. That can be the challenging part. So um, certainly I think keeping that work-life balance and, and being... Uh, being closer, that, having a good co- closer family and friends network is uh, is pretty important. So lucky you've been in Melbourne this yeah, last year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that absolutely. Definitely helped. But yeah, I must definitely. say, the media probably makes it ten times worse. And I can only <laughs> say that because I'm in the media. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll certain, certain people in the media, but I mean, it's their, at the end of the day, it's their job. And I think I think there was parts of, last year. I think I was I was able to move on from that because the reality was I was a I was a um, recruiter to come over, experienced player from Sydney that had played some good footy. Um, was expected to play. St Kilda put a lot of resources into me coming down. So with that comes pressure, and and um, and rightly so. That certainly journalists had a fair crack. And looking back, I'll probably at the at the first, at, when you first read, it, you think, oh, you know, you get really dirty and filthy. But when you think about, it, they're doing their job. I accept it. I mean, I'm not happy with some of the things they say, but at the end of the day, you've got to accept it. Because if you don't, then you sort of get, you get sort of held up in this kind of. I guess, negative state of mind, which I think fuels that whole, um, I guess, situation that I was just talking about, um, which can sort of kind of weigh you down as, a, as, as anyone, really. Any sports person will tell you, or, or footballer. And I certainly felt that was probably adding to, you know, some anxieties or stuff or whatever that I had during that period. So I think um, the sooner you can accept it, knowing that they're, I guess, the um, reality of the situation, the, the quicker you can move on. So you were one of the vice captains at the Sydney Football Club. And this year, you were also part of the St Kilda leadership team at the start. But then you did step down because of your injuries. Why did you make that decision? Um, could you juggle both together? I mean, I, 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 looking back, yeah, I think I probably, I mean, I probably could have. But there's a few parts to it at the time. I think it was just... I guess purely, purely and simply, like to put it on. I mean, as I said before, I was, I was probably struggling a little bit mentally um, with a few different things on field and off field, and I, I think that at the time I felt that I couldn't give as much as I I should have to the whole group, especially the young group, and not to mention the fact that I really needed, I really wanted to focus on my on my rehab, and and there's an element of selfishness in rehab, I guess, when you when you're trying to get your body back to 100% health. So I guess I just wanted to give someone else an opportunity. I think um, you know Jack Billings and and. Nathan Brown and a few other guys were able to step up and, and I guess really develop in that in that area, which I think was a real positive in that sense of me stepping down. But I think that's an area where regardless of what happens this year, I've really committed in the last couple of weeks actually, I really want to focus on regardless of what happens to me this year, whether I play 25, 22 games or hopefully 25 or I play one game, um, that I really want to just invest in, in my leadership and, and help the young guys out because I guess that is a lot of the part of why I've come down to the club and the young guys are just awesome to hang around with. They've got a lot of upside. I saw them in there today. They're great to hang around with. And Keeping I'm, you young. Yeah, and, you're and, young anyway. And, you're 28. Uh, <laughs> and they've got a lot of potential. So I think that's um, that's something that's, I guess, giving me a bit of purpose and, and really driving me to try and, um, I guess, help those guys out. So that's an area this year um, that I'm really looking forward to focusing on. I know you only said you played five games, but <laughs> you did have an impressive performance in round 21 against Fremantle. And that was your third match of the season. But you collected 23 disposals, you had six tackles and scored two goals <laughs> in the thrilling three-point win. What were you feeling after that game? Considering uh, your roller coaster of injuries. Yeah, yeah, well, it, yeah, I think it was just, just really, just absolutely stoked that we won because, I mean, the, the first win at your footy club, just to see the, the look on everyone's face, it was a, quite a close game. Um, I'm 
pretty good mates with Jack Stephen. It was his first game too. So for us to both play in a win together, and it was the first win with a lot of guys that I've become really close with. So yeah, it was a special moment. Um, had a great had great fun after the after the game in the rooms. Yeah, rats rats I was did awesome. Did see some of those photos? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got the, the, the first or oh, second Gatorade share actually. My first one was back in 2009. So it was, it was a pretty cool feeling. I think we might have won the next week. I think. Anyway, I um. Yeah, I guess it just gives you good motivation going into this year that you want to feel that a lot more. Yeah, well, you've now broken your foot. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not having much luck and you've um, hobbled into the Fine. studio. <laughs> so Fine. You'll miss two weeks of preseason if yep. all goes well in the recovery. But do you feel you'll now be behind the other boys in terms of training? Um, Obviously, uh, you've, yeah. got, like, you've got a world of experience yeah, behind yeah, yeah. you, so it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah. I what's think, going um, through your mind? I think last year was good that I was able to play some, what I thought was some pretty decent footy. Those five games I played, off pretty much you know three or four weeks of running, a few weeks of training, and a couple of practice games. So that's about six to eight weeks. And and reality is I'll have a, a, a hell of a lot more time than that this time around. And speaking to our fitness guy Josh Lowe the other day, he gave me some full confidence. I'll be all things going well. I'll be absolutely um, fine by JLT one. So I think that puts my mind at ease a little bit, and just need to trust the program. And I guess I wasn't doing much pre Christmas anyway. So I guess it does force us to slow down regardless. So we can be a bit more methodical, which we weren't, which I, pro- I was probably a bit of a bull at the gate last year. Just wanted to get out there and just do everything. Um, so I was sort of my own worst enemy there, but this forces us to kind of be a bit slower. And, you know, speaking to a few people, it could be a blessing in disguise. In disguise so I don't think it will affect too much. Yeah. I say that now, though. <laughs> well, you have been playing AFL professionally for 10 years. Yeah. Do you think now in training, can you improve physically or is it now a mental battle? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's definitely physical gains to be made. I've found some other areas um, that I think uh, I can improve on. Um, I think there's only so much training. Everyone does, the same amount of, everyone does the same amount of running, same amount of weights, same amount of everything. So there's not a lot of not a lot of things that can set you apart, I guess, now. Teams, are, most clubs do the same thing, really. So I've found a few things um, off-field that, I guess, really help get me back last year, um, helped get me through some injuries. And, and one of those one of those people was, was Mark McGrath, who works with, who actually works at Hawthorne. He's sort of a movement um, specialist. Um, I guess teaches your body how to move and, and react and, and change direction in different ways. So I found that as a really refreshing thing that I think is going to prolong my career. So far, the proof's on the pudding, but uh, I'll wait and see. <laughs> but little things like that, I think as you get older, you, you realise you've got to kind of find those things to prolong and, and get the edge because everyone does the same thing, right? And the other thing, as you said, uh, I think the mental side's massive. I think clubs... At the moment, say they work on it and say they're, they're putting resources to it. But in my opinion, there's not enough worth put on it. I think, I think, it's, I think really it is 80% mental. I mean, everyone does the same amount of training, right? You go out there, you're confident. You go, yeah, I've worked really hard, but so is X, Y, and Z next to me. So I think it's all above the shoulders, in my opinion. And I know when I've had my best years and my best play my best games, I've been mentally really tough and strong. And when I've been a bit off, that's, that, that sort of side of things has been, I guess, a bit inconsistent. So um, in my opinion, that's, that's, where, that's where the... You know, the most growth and improvement can come certainly from our side, but you know, from anyone really. So, what's next for you? Given that you've got a premiership, you've got ten years under your belt, you're now recovering from injury. Yep, you've um, achieved almost all of it. Three yeah. times all Australian. Um, I th- yeah, I was uh, certainly yeah, certainly the last couple of years have been challenging injury wise, and you think shit, you know, like is is it all this bloody worth it? Is all, you know putting myself through, I guess challenging situations where you question yourself and you're mentally really flat and you know you're up and down like a yo-yo and you know you're finding hard to get out of bed or whatever is it worth playing AFL should I just you know start another career or whatever but yeah certainly in the last uh probably toward probably the start of the season last year or so middle of the season last year when I wasn't playing I guess I had a bit of a light bulb moment and even the last four weeks it's sort of the same things happened but certainly just really want to um I guess do everything I can to to get to, to help the club get to success I guess I'm driven as much as I ever have been to try and win a premiership for St Kilda 
And if I can't achieve that, which would be disappointing, just to try and get them to a consistent final series every year, that, that that's the aim. You want, you want to play finals and give yourself a chance to win it. And like I touched on before, I guess it's a real purpose and drive to really help the young guys through. I feel like I've experienced the real highs, the real lows, and I've gone through all sorts of different experiences throughout my life. So I feel like I can kind of help those guys a fair bit who are, I guess, new to the scene and, and um, like I was doing at that age, just rocking out, training, playing and loving life, having coffees on the... Uh, Monday, Monday and Fridays, and, <laughs> a, few, and, and a, few, a few beers in the weekend, and just you know doing whatever. So, um, you know, I certainly certainly got a real drive to help the young guys out, get them to the next level, and I've got a real drive to try and take Saints to their second premiership. So that's that's um that's certainly what's getting me up out of bed in the last seven days anyway. So have you lost the love for the game? Considering this is your job, I know sometimes when you work really hard, you kind of lose the enjoyment out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could you say you're still loving it, or is it? Just like a normal job now. Um, right now, I haven't. Right now, I've got a real energy and zest about me. I think the way I finish off the season and the way we, as a club, have recruited and the optimism around the club, the coaching stuff. I mean, there's just a great feeling. I was in there today, as I said. There's an awesome feeling at the club. Um, and it's really exciting. And I certainly think right now I'm as excited as ever to get stuck into the season. If you asked me that question 18 months ago, I'd, I'd say, shit, I'm weighing up, bloody giving it up, to be honest, and retiring. Not that I'd ever follow through with it, but I'd just pop that question out to you know my old man or something and go, fuck, you know. Oh, sorry, but um, you can swear. It's fine. I'd say, fuck, you know, is, is it all worth it? Like, you know, I'm putting myself through all this, all this shit. You know, what's what's the point in going on? Blah blah blah. And and there's days where you think, you know, do I love playing and do I um want to keep going? But they were sort of fleeting moments and probably fleeting days and weeks. But um, majority of the time, when you have a conversation with someone close to you, and it, it might have been a teammate, ex-teammate, in you know, Jerry McVeigh, Josh Kennedy, or it might have been your dad or my mum or a best mate. I pretty much get myself in a gear pretty quickly. So I've always loved it. It's what I've known and, and I, I still love it. But you certainly go through ups and downs. Mm. I mean, there'd be no player. I mean, I'll be surprised if there is good luck to them, but I'll be shocked if there's a player that every single day that you wake up and go, how good's footy? You know, because it's, it's just like any job, uh, any person. It's, just, it's very hard to be to be up the whole time. So, um, But at the moment, I'm absolutely loving being down there and I'm looking forward to the year. St Kilda are very lucky to have you. Let's move on. Uh, let's cut. I'm sorry, I've put you on a little bit of the spot here. That's nah, all good. Ask some tough questions, but you've done very well with it. Bloody media. It's <laughs> all good. But we're moving on to a segment I recently launched called Ask the Athlete. So you might have seen a sneaky Instagram tag <laughs> last night. We give our followers and your fans the opportunity to ask you the question. Cool. So, it, it, yeah, it's, no, it's all fun I, I, games. I hope no uh, ex-teammates have gone on there and um, taken the piss, but it won't. So, <laughs> so first of all, we Hopefully. had Instagrammer Luke Matthews. We, right. we had him in a few weeks ago. Yep. But he wants to know, what's your best 800-metre time? <laughs> so he remembers, a quote, I remember him running four times 800 back in the day. Luke's been to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. I, I followed Luke pretty closely because um, me and Alex Johnson, who was a teammate of mine for probably – 10, 10 years in the end um, it's at uh, the Swans. We ran a fair bit. We did a fair few 800s. And I, there was one time, I think year 10 or year 11, year 10, I um, had a real crack for about 10 weeks. And I think my best time was a, was a random, I think it was a random Saturday meet. I jumped up a couple of grades and ran with the Open Boys. Only the people that really did APS Athletics would know what I'm talking about here. Everyone else would have no idea. Uh, and uh, we ran it, uh, it, was, it was Olympic Park at the time. So now it's the Holden Centre. And it was about a 156. So that's probably a good, what? 11 seconds uh, slower than Luke or whatever whatever he's time. I think he's 145 maybe his PBs or 46 which in 800 metres is ridiculous that's about you know 200 metres so 50, oh, 150 metres so um, 
Yeah, that was 156 was probably my quickest at the time, yeah. Back in the day, do you reckon you could have beaten him? No, 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 no. From, from mem- I think from memory, when it, he might have been in year eight or not. I can't remember. Well, he was very young, but he might have run a low 150, I think, in the open maybe when yeah. I was in my last year. So he was, a, he was an unbelievable young athlete coming through, and uh, he certainly continued that, but no, no, no. No chance. <laughs> You're just being modest, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe when he was in year five or six and, you know, what would have I been? Don't I reckon he just asked you that just to see what you would say. Well, no, he's gonna, if, he, if he does listen in, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be very, uh, he'll be walking around with a, a big head as usual, so. No, he's great. <laughs> he's awesome. I love following him as well. But Instagrammer smooth underscore Johnny asked, Dan, I'm keen to know who your favourite Essendon player is, mate, from a mad Essendon fan. <laughs> Um, it's a bit of a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. Probably, um, I think just you, you always. I mean, I'm, I'm a midfielder. You always kind of look to the, your, your position you play. Um, probably Dylan Shield, just because he's so uh, explosive and he copped a fair bit of criticism about his kicking. But I think he's a beautiful kick, to be honest. I mean, when you're running that quickly, it's bloody hard to, to execute uh, one of the hardest skills going around. So yeah, I think just the way he goes about it, you know, it's good to watch him when he's in full flight. Yeah, I enjoy it. Dom Barrow asked, "Do you like the inner East of Sydney lifestyle or back home life's better?" Ooh, that's a tough one, Dom. Uh, we had a few I, good, I will say he some, has lived in Sydney we as had well. Some, we had some good times in the East, mate. I remember a few uh, a few good nights at the Ravisis, but um, oh, so you're friends? Yeah, we met each other a few times. Um, look, there's definitely elements of uh, of inner East that I absolutely love. I was lucky enough to be pretty close to the water, and there was a period probably 18 months where I got up nearly every day, like I went for a swim, and it's sort of pretty challenging to do that here. <sighs> Yeah, it's a look, bit cold. Look, you I'm, get four I'm gonna, seasons one day. Oh God, it's, it's a tough one because there is elements of Melbourne I love. I mean, it's it's a real line ball. I'm gonna say at the moment, I'd say that I do miss the Sydney weather and beaches just because it has been a pretty cold winter here, and uh, I forgot how cold it was. So I'm gonna just say Sydney just, but once it starts heating up here, I'd say Melbourne's got it. Yeah, oh, Melbourne's got it. Yeah. Oh, big call. Yeah, it's but big it's call. been, it's legit been raining for two weeks nonstop. Yeah, well, <laughs> this morning I checked the app and it was 30 up there and a friend snap, uh, snap story or whatever it is, interstoried me a um a video, f- a photo of um, Bondi and, and then I looked out and it was raining at 13. So I was like, <laughs> how good. Well, Instagrammer Ruby Clifford asked, what's been your career highlight and do you so- see yourself ever getting sick of football? Yeah, it's good. We're sort of good, good that we've sort of half answered that. Um <laughs> Uh, career high, definitely grand final and playing grand finals. Like it's just that when you run out, it's just mm. a crazy feeling. Every time I run out for that grand final, is unbelievable. But winning, would you say the 2012 clear? one was Absolutely. the highlight? Yeah, just definitely. because you got over the line. Definitely the highlight, 212. Uh, and ever getting sick of footy? It's interesting. Like I f- it's weird. Everyone goes, "Oh, you're going to still play uh, being free after you retire?" And it's sort of all you know, I guess. For tw- well, hopefully, I can go on for at least another four or five years, and um, you know that will get me to 15 or 16 years where you've been in the game. So I mean. I reckon I'll probably have a break for at least a year or two. I'm doing some study at the moment and um, wherever that takes me, I'm not sure. But um, who knows, maybe one day I'll get back into it after retiring. But at this stage, I'm just going to worry about getting this broken foot right and, <laughs> and uh, trying to get Saints to a, uh, a final series. I can't wait to watch that. But <laughs> Pega24 asked, My daughter has just started playing football and has broken both legs within five months. Jeez. What advice can you give us? Um, I think it's a perfect question yeah, for Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Um, I'll just take it really, especially, did she say she's quite young? She's very young. Yeah, yeah. Well, in that case, I'd take it very, very easy. When you're very young, there's just no need to rush it. Take it to a decent sports medicine person and um, I'd just say whatever time frame they give you, add another four, five, six weeks on it because there's just no, no need to rush it. As much as young kids love playing and I was no different when I was a kid, but I think when you're young, you just got to take absolutely no risk because... Um, you know, long term, it can those sort of things can affect you. Whereas for, for me, it's a bit different. I'm a bit older. I've got about four screws in a plate, so it's pretty locked in. 
I'm pretty confident in it. But when you're that young, just take, take your time. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming in, especially you're on crutches. That's a <laughs> huge effort for you. We can't wait just to see what next year brings for you and also St Kilda Football Club. They're very lucky to have you and we just wish you the best of luck with your injuries and also your football career as well. Thanks a lot, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Sport Hey. We'll be back next week with more.